Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm Will Brost, aka your host, and calling from an undisclosed location in California is Patrick Anderson. Mm, you'll never know. You'll never know where it is. Yeah, it could be anywhere in California. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's probably where you live or nearby where you live. I can maybe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, before we get too deep into our topic here, you had a, a pretty significant illness uh, earlier in the week, and I feel bad because one of my first thoughts was like oh shoot i'm gonna have to delay this podcast or i'm gonna have to find someone else to do the podcast with me so i'm glad you're okay i'm glad you're feeling well if only because you're here today to do our podcast as scheduled it was i was originally just like planning it to where i'd be like oh shoot i'm not ready to do this podcast so (laughs) i went to the hospital just so that i could delay our podcast but it didn't end up working out because it was a couple days too early and i didn't have a reason to not be sick today right yeah you you told them you know oh i have an illness and they're like can it wait and you said well i have a podcast and they said oh say no more we got you and then they took care of you and here you are (laughs) so they they got you ready for this all too important podcast of uh the new travis scott album astroworld um we haven't covered travis scott on the podcast extensively which is kind of a shame because he's i think he's one of the more interesting acts in mainstream hip-hop right now um he's a houston-based rapper singer songwriter and producer um astro world is his third album uh which follows 2015's rodeo and 2016's birds in the trap sing mcknight um (laughs) that's such a silly title to me but okay amazing Uh, yeah incredible rodeo i think is a great album name rodeo is great but birds in the trap sing mcknight is like uh, excuse me. Yeah, what now? Yeah, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, uh, so he is. He has stated uh, that his musical influences include Kid Cudi, Kanye West, uh, M.I.A., Toro y Moi, T.I., and Tame Impala. So it's kind of an eccentric group of influences there, um, which shows in his music. He's a pretty eccentric guy. Uh, he blends a variety of hip-hop subgenres, uh, including trap music and uh, like psychedelic hip-hop, which leads to a pretty unique sound. It's a sound entirely his own, I would say. Uh, but anytime you have kind of an original sound, it gets polarizing among fans or critics. Uh, and a good example of this polarization is indicated by his Metacritic history. Um, Rodeo though beloved by fans has a 64 out of 100 metacritic um so it's now developed this sort of cult classic uh given that despite the metacritic rating the fan rating is like an 83 so it's one where the fans and critics are pretty divided um and just in general travis scott's never earned a metacritic above 70 out of 100 which is pretty lackluster um until now, right. however, Astroworld is currently sitting at a whopping 84 out of 100 Metacritic rating, uh, which suggests that this is one of the best hip-hop records of the year. Do you agree with that? Well, here's a question for you quickly. Mm-hmm. 
um, because I don't agree with the 84. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not sitting up there at that. Um, but here's a question for you on that. Do you think that this is a case of, we've talked about this happening before, mostly with pitchfork, mm. but do you think this is a case of critics being like, oh shit, this guy's actually, mm. um, more than what we thought he was going to be. We got to make up for, you know, what we, the low scores we gave him in the past, maybe we'll give him a higher score for this album. That's kind of a, that's an interesting question, a very relevant question. You, you'll you see it with, like, the Oscars, right? Like, mm-hmm. Gary Oldman just won Best Actor. I haven't seen Darkest Hour, but a lot of people that have were kind of like, well, it's, yeah, it was it. more of a... You know, he was fine, but it was kind of a, wow, this guy has never won an Oscar, let's give him one as kind of a lifetime achievement thing. So, yeah, I've seen it. That one, that felt like, it felt like one of those things where it was like, we have to make a movie specifically for him to win an Oscar yeah. for. To, and, and that's a, yeah, so the, it seems like, to me, a little bit of that scenario of like, okay, we're making this, or I mean, they they have control over what they're what the album they're making, but the critics are like, okay, we're gonna pick out every innovative thing mm. that we see in this and focus on that, so that fans see that we do recognize what's going on with yeah they want with Travis Scott right they kind of want to be in with the cool kids right like all the yeah. especially like uh, Travis Scott has a pretty significant fan base on the internet and so all of the you know the the kids that would read things like pitchfork or consequence of sound or what have you those are the kind of hip-hop fans that are attracted to travis scott um so yeah no i think that's a i don't want to go out and say like oh yeah this is definitely a case of that but there's there's reason to believe that that's true given that while people are enjoying this album the fans are rodeo is still kind of the the high mark in the fans Mm -hmm. or in the opinions of i think most travis scott fans um they're about the same to me so it's kind of either or but yeah i mean yeah the elliot smith oh god (laughs) it's kind of either or i could uh i could see this being like on that also being like rodeo being the high mark for him with fans i could see that also being a thing of like the fanboy mentality of like well we recognized him before everybody else did so mm. this is this is the standard that or this is like what we started to recognize him as an innovative artist so this is the high mark for it i i this is a, i think i think it's for you know everything that i've heard from travis scott rodeo birds in the trap and this i mean i think this is his best work mm, okay but um but I, I like I can understand why fans view rodeo that way, but to me it feels a little bit like that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And uh, an example of that that comes to mind is um, the Earl sweatshirt mixtape, like the just Earl is what it's called. That was back mm-hmm. when Odd Future was rapping about really vulgar stuff. And so people say when people say like Earl's their favorite, earl sweatshirt project i'm like wait really it is earl is and i think it's a case of just well we were on earl before he got popular so like that's that's our kind of pet project 
And yeah, and I don't yeah. have a problem with that mentality. Oh, yeah, me either. I just think it's it's an interesting yeah. observation. Yeah, yeah. I just the only problem I have with it is is denying like how great other things are in this person's discography because you don't want to let go of the fact that you discovered this artist before other people did. Right. And you know what I mean? Like that's the only thing that I have a problem with, which sometimes happens with with that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, and, and it's like the gatekeeping. Uh, aspect of of artists and sometimes like travis scott artists do that they're like oh no you don't understand though you weren't listening to rodeo when it came out right okay well right and and to that i think that travis scott just based off these metacritics and based on fans reactions i've seen on reddit or wherever i think he's a little overrated by fans but i think he's underrated by critics in my opinion because Rodeo, I think songs like Oh My Dis Side, 90210, I mean, there's plenty of songs on there that are, that impress me as, you know, he has a ton of creativity and a ton of um, ambition, yep. and I appreciate that. But then you'll see something like, I forget, I think it was a thread for Astroworld, but it was like Rodeo, you know, the critics slept on that. It's a generational classic. I'm like, generational classic? Like... <laughs> What is Damn, that? Damn, the credits <laughs> really missed it then. <laughs> yeah, apparently it, it came out three years ago, but it's a generational classic, like an Illmatic. Hot or, take. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Kid A is a generational classic, but Rodeo <laughs> is too, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think, I would say this is probably his best work too, but just slightly. Uh, not to the degree that Metacritic yeah. suggests. Um Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. 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 I'm with you on that. Okay. I think. Um. Th- that said, this is the 2018 mainstream hip hop trend. Of um, this was my other favorite take. Someone said this is one of the best albums of the year because unlike Drake or Migos, uh, this one isn't bloated. And to that I say, did we listen to the same album? Because there's, right. Yeah, right. 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 There's 17 songs. 58 minutes and while there are some clear highlights and clear standout tracks that i imagine we'll have similar opinions on there is a lot of meh especially in the middle on this record so i don't know how you thought about that i i thought mostly towards the end of this record um was meh to meh to cringy cringy okay well maybe not cringy meh to like just i don't know maybe mostly meh yeah 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 Yeah, maybe you're right not not a ton of okay yeah not not like anything like bad it's just like towards the end of this thing like it's starting with um starting with like wake up oh god and and five percent tent yeah starting with that it's like that's when I start seeing this downward spiral of like, okay, we've almost exhausted all of the like really cool atmospheric aesthetic that I was really excited about at the beginning of yeah. this, like really kind of innovative stuff that I saw Travis Scott doing at the beginning of it. We've sort of exhausted it and we're going into, um, we're going into like not trusting your, your beats and just throwing hi-hats over it to make like you know clubby sounding stuff stuff that sounds good when you just throw it on your iphone in the middle of like you know 
that that's a, a good party point. or something like that it's a good point it, I, it makes me wonder if he wrote this album like i'm gonna write the first song first and then the second song second because by that point where you said it's almost like he exhausted a lot of the ideas he had going into here and yeah the, i feel like there's a clear drop off i feel like wake up is like pretty good it's not i don't i think that i'm starting to develop a real bias against the week i was just gonna I, don't, <laughs> I was gonna say that <laughs> i don't okay so my notes on this uh, my first note on wake up is weekend starting this out just makes me laugh a little bit <laughs> <laughs> it, it well and considering it's the second street weekend song on this that's what it really is weekend sounds great on skeletons but weekend starting that out on wake up i'm like oh god like i just get i don't know what it is i really don't know yeah. what it is i think it's ever since we did that that review of uh Starboy, i like had this bug in my head of like every time i hear the weekend now i just laugh because i'm like god he sounds so ridiculous yeah in my notes i wrote i think i'm generally out on the weekend at this point which is like yeah. I, I can't get excited when I see the weekend is featured. Which, by the way, I didn't see that the weekend is featured on this record. We'll get into that later. But um, mm-hmm. but with the, the weekend, he just sounds safe. Like every song, he he makes it sound a lot safer. There's just it sounds it sounds like you could take any weekend feature ever, <laughs> put them all together, and they would just create the same exact. <laughs> like track it would just be like it would just be like three hours of the same melody over and over again i i saw that um on genius apparently the song wake up uh it, it was supposed to be on the weekend's ep from earlier this year like my dear melancholy or some s- stupid title like that yeah um, right yeah but, but apparently they put it on this record because it didn't fit on the ep and to that I say, it doesn't really fit here either. It's it's this weird kind of sexual song in the middle of this trap yeah. psychedelic album. I, I don't know. But that's one... There's a lot of... There's, that That's an issue I have with this too, is there's like a good amount of tracks on here that don't fit. And that's a like, Travis Scott special, by the way. That's a, a, a main yeah, critique right. people have with him in general. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's specifically like god damn if he would have just made this a kanye seven track album this thing could be like one of the best albums of the year i was i was gonna make that same point because the way i was exposed to him was when he was on good music through the the cruel summer he did the sin city song and he produced a couple other Mm -hmm. songs on there and the irony i guess is if he would have stayed on good music maybe this is only a seven track album where you got stargazing sicko mode stop trying to be god and whatever else and then all of a sudden it's like honestly a great the first album. honestly the first seven songs like if he did those yeah, right. like i'd be good you know? yeah yeah that actually that would have been a good seven i mean a ton of variety in the first seven songs but then as you suggested after that it all becomes like this nondescript like track let me look here five percent tint nc-17 yosemite they all kind of like i know they're different songs but they all kind of blend together for me yeah Um, yeah i on by the time by the time i got to who what so by the time i got to who what i wrote i I wrote god it's just becoming kind of painful to listen to the last (laughs) half of this album now feels like travis has gotten through all of his ideas at the beginning of the album and now it's just let's make a bunch of hype songs you, you know what uh, my notes are for who what uh 
all I have is uh, featuring Migos. <laughs> so just add that to the the pile of uh 2018 Migo songs that are absolutely forgettable because i right yeah i couldn't tell you yeah so that's yeah, so, yeah go ahead so so to the point that um what you said earlier like somebody saying like this is album of the year because unlike drake and Migos, it's not bloated mm-hmm. first of all that's a horrible standard to hold your album of the year to. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Like, it's not bloated. At the very least, it should not. It should like it should does not be bloated. And then I, after that, like <laughs> I need to introduce this person to EPs or you know any yeah, of the good or, music or stuff. just like a good album. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like a good album is like just understandably not bloated. It shouldn't be a surprise. It's better than Drake or Migos, so you know yeah so anyway so to to that point like um that's a that's a low low standard to to Mm -hmm. keep your um albums at first of all but i i like can understand what people are saying because the first half of this album really shows me how talented and innovative travis scott can really be because a song like sicko mode the way that it the way that it cuts out drake's verse without like going two lines in and then cuts directly into travis scott and like he's has that really energetic like really smooth cool flow mm-hmm. it's like one of the best flows on this one of the best flows the best melodies on the album totally agreed and with these like really like well done cut-ins with the give me the loot and like the and, and all that yes. those vocal samples and then switching back afterwards into the drake flow that sounds like it like sounds like a drake song you have those you have two different types of melodic um melodic motives to go after and with 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 uh Drake, or sorry, with Travis Scott's first verse, and then with Drake's Zan, like a light, like that whole thing. Yeah, the switching off. That that whole thing, like that that song, feels like one of the most innovative club club songs I've ever heard. Yeah, it's that is a it's probably my favorite song on here. But just it, you know, to your I point, I think my favorite is "Stop Trying to Be God." But yeah. Oh yeah. I, well, but I I understand what you're. Yeah. I mean, like this that song is like amazing, and yeah. Go go ahead and make your. your oh yeah. Sorry. Um, so this, you know, it features two beat switches, like you said, and that's kind of a thing I have with Travis Scott. Um, it, a lot of the times, especially given that we have two of the th- first three songs feature beat switches, um, I was kind of like. Oh God! Here we go. Because Travis Scott, I think, almost overutilizes beat switches sometimes to the point where uh. each individual one kind of like I I I shouldn't be I, I should be really excited when a beat switch happens. I shouldn't be expecting a beat switch because it's Travis Scott, right? Right. So right. so I was afraid that he was going to overutilize the beat switch on this album, as I think he's done in the past. But after Sicko Mode, he doesn't really do a beat switch like that for the rest of the album, and which I appreciate. And that said, the Sicko Mode, the first beat switch especially, is just absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, takes right. you to that 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 Travis Scott verse where he's doing the Biggie and the Uncle Luke. Uh, that's probably my favorite moment on the album. He even has a really a, cool. He, he has a nice line where he says, um, "This shit way too formal. I don't follow suit." <laughs> 
I'm like, oh, I kind of like that. That's not bad. Yeah, it's that's not bad. If I it, thought it was kind of, I thought that it was kind of funny. And, like, and, and that's the that's all the lyrical praise I have for Travis Scott on this album, by the way. Um, that, like, yeah, right. There's the this is like pure aesthetic, and I figured that that was what I was gonna get going into it anyway. Right. And, and the last thing I'll say about this song is that he utilizes his features well on this song. He gives Drake mm-hmm. a bunch of time to shine, but even something like. Sway Lee from Ray Shremmerd. He just kind of has this, these small bits here and there, but it adds a lot to the track. Um, right, I think yeah. It's used and, very well. And Sw- Sway Lee has been somebody that I've always commented on as being like a very forgettable feature mm-hmm. that people that people throw on their album because Sway Lee has been a feature on a lot of hip hop albums now for a couple of years. He's got an interesting voice. Yeah. But he's always so forgettable. Like, every time I hear Sway Lee on a track, I'm like, why is he here? Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, <and laughs> same thing with The Weeknd, too. Yeah, right. Apparently, I just don't like these, like, melodic, <laughs> like. <laughs> right, these, these little boy sounding. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what it is. But. Oh, God. So, yeah, but. but I, I thought that that was really cool that he he utilized Sway Lee to the point where I'm like he sounds great on this like I don't want anybody else other than Sway Lee on on these tracks. Yeah, it's no, that's a it's a that's a good utilization there. Uh, let's switch to uh, the song. I, I guess your favorite song because that's a, a an interesting song to talk about. Uh, Stop trying to be mm-hmm. God, featuring uh, Philip Bailey, who I was unfamiliar with, but also James Blake, Kid Cudi, and Stevie Fucking Wonder. Um, yeah. First of all, great cast. And if you knew, it, it, and it's great with this album because you don't know any of those guys are on this song until you listen to it, which is an interesting choice. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, just this is a fantastic song. What, what were what made this stand out to you is uh, one of your favorites on here, but also good enough to make your best songs of the year playlist that I looked at. Yeah, yeah, yours was sicko mode, I think. Oh, right? yeah. that you that major, yeah, right. So. This one is uh, probably, I mean, this one's the biggest standout to me on the album. I think it doesn't, it doesn't really stand in the same area as most of these tracks. Because most of these, the first half is very um, psychedelic, drug-filled, aesthetic, clubby-ish kind of songs. And um, and and they're they're done really well, like up until up until like we said, like the first seven tracks, and then afterwards it goes into kind of the same derivative crap that we've seen hundreds and hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. But like even among the the part of the album that I think is really excellent, this one stands out as one that matches the aesthetic of moody and drug e and psychedelic and whatever but it's it stands out because it's like this is it feels like something that like travis scott is like really channeling beyond aesthetic he's actually like showing some sort of like personal message and he's trying to like it's, it's more ambitious than the others the other tracks specifically just off of message and I think it's just re- it captures that whole ambition that he's going for with like just giving a simple message about the god complex that a lot of artists deal with, mm-hmm. 
and 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 sort of giving like a like giving perspective on it he captures it so well on here and it's such a beautiful track it i mean it, just everything that that he captures on here is so subtly done and i i, I think it just it stands out even above the the tracks i think are super excellent on here like sicko mode you're yeah you're you're nailing it with your points today because i agree like travis scott this song uh shows his skills as an album orchestrator or like an arranger his ability to make the micro decisions on a particular song that make it like he easily could have had this song and not had stevie wonder play the harmonica at all he could have just Mm -hmm. taken that out and i probably would have liked the song anyway but just adding that little bit of harmonica in there like adds a whole new element to this song Uh, the harmonica the harmonica like with the beat yeah just that little that little like uh fast motive that he uses with the beat and then at the end with the james blake vocals amazing like it's it's all it's all done so well and it's 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 captured in like like an almost cinematic way it i really like that this song to me stands out as the best example of how good of an orchestrator travis scott is and that's like more of what i want wanted from him in the first place yeah it it, so i think it's just a personal preference it it makes me believe the hype when people say like oh travis scott is this next level and you know songs like this they they kind of they kind of solidify that it's just again at most of it i don't want to say most of it a lot of it is just indistinguishable from your other trap rapper but um yeah one thing about this song though i didn't know kid cuddy was on it but as soon as like the first vocal you hear on this is like this hmm like this, oh, yeah, uh, this right. aggressive humming and i'm like oh man kid cuddy here we go <laughs> yeah yeah but that's and that's all that he has him on there for too and that's another like, great small utilization of a feature not unlike kanye did on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy where he would have these small features or these small utilizations that worked out for the best because they weren't overutilized right yeah and and that shows me you know yeah he's take he takes you can tell that he takes a lot of influence from kanye west Mm -hmm. with just this whole style i mean like this whole style is birthed out of like 808s era of, and Yeezus era of Kanye, but he doesn't like he he does it in a very Travis Scotty way because it's mm-hmm. he's he's a lot more like Travis Scott's a lot more vibey, psychedelic, and like he's a lot more club oriented, I think, than Kanye West is. Right? But, yeah. Which is which is fine. Like I'm I'm good with that. But I'm impressed by it, is that he could take that style that Kanye West created and innovated to his own his own sound and that's what stop trying to be god really does for me is is you know there's a comparison to be made over to kanye west but it's definitely a travis scott sound it's not travis scott trying Mm. to sound like kanye west right which was a a criticism of his i think early in his career but it's something that i don't hear in his later stuff And, and he's similar to asap rocky in that um he is able to make songs that appeal to like a club setting or a party setting but also have a ton of high artistic quality to it and that's one of the hardest things i think you can do in rap music is appeal to the mainstream but also appeal to the um 
the people that are listening for a little bit more as well. That's what I think is so impressive about Sicko Mode too. Right. Is right. that it like it, it feels like an innovative club song. And that to me is like that's so cool. Because that's gonna go I mean, that's gonna go further as far as like impact into smaller artists go you know what i mean like it's, yeah. a, it's a smaller level of trickle down but that's going to go to like a, a more people than some stop trying to be god is stop trying to be god may be more meaningful to other people but like something like sicko mode is harder to create in a way it, because you're right. still having to make this appeal in this environment that's like you know saturated with songs that sound all the same Right, and he's and he's leaving his own footprint in it with something that's very unique and and new. Yeah, um, that's what made me so mad about the last half of this record too, is because <laughs> you see that he can do that on 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 tracks like that, and then the last half of it, he's just going back to that same shit. You're like, why did you need to do that? <laughs> right, yeah, uh, just to. Well, I guess the answer is um, more streams equals more more dough. I guess. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That'd be yeah. my presumption, but. Uh, what do you think we've been talking about features what do you think about uh one the uh the fact that none of the features are credited unless you like look into it or you hear it and also just in my opinion what is considered a, a big amount of features like there's features on most of the songs here and many of the songs have several features all of them uncredited what do you think about like that strategy i don't think uh, I don't think I I understand what he's doing. It's like this whole aesthetic of like it's just like a clean track listing with mm -hmm. no features and like and he's got his capitalized letters and whatever and right. Which I've you know, ranted about just, that before, by the way. The all caps let like are we done with that yet? The all capital. God, yeah, and he did the all lowercase letters on birds in the trap too. Genius, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, next level. Next level. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I understand what it's like. It's like, oh, just this clean track listing. Like he does, you know, he's he's marketing to a streaming age, and he wants like a clean track list. He doesn't want like this whole like this long scroll going across your screen whenever you're listening to it, showing all the features. But I also I don't like it because it's like. Um, I know that like most of these people are big names and you know maybe they don't need to be credited so that people will look them up but it still feels like you should give credit to the people that are working with you on the album if they have a big part mm -hmm. like like James Blake's part on Stop Trying to Be God or Frank Ocean's part on Carousel mm -hmm. I feel like those should have like you're on your track list should be like oh featuring james like featuring frank frank ocean yeah featuring the weekend or whatever a 21 savage 21 <laughs> i love i love 20 I mean, you know what i i, I have a revelation that one's, that one's pretty obvious like <laughs> <laughs> who is this 21 21, 21. yeah hmm, i don't know it could be anybody um to, to so that I, oh yeah go ahead yeah I, I um well I, I, I all all I'm all I'm saying is like I, I don't want like I don't think that that people like these people necessarily need like the credit they're established artists but like it just feels unnecessary to me and it also feels like a thing of like 
why wouldn't you want to say like that you featured Frank Ocean or you featured The Weeknd or you featured Stevie fucking Wonder right. on your track? Right. Like, it's, if anything, that would be better for you. Right. It, it, like, Travis Scott is a very big artist, but is he, like... I'm sure there's some fan who has never heard of him that, like, would go check him out if he said featuring The Weeknd on one of his songs. Like, some Weeknd yeah. fan who wouldn't listen to rap. Or even some James Blake fan who doesn't listen to rap would go and be like, oh, Travis Scott. Now, he is a very popular artist. I don't know how, you know, common it would be to be like, oh, who is this Travis Scott guy? But it, it, right. a great example of what you were saying as far as giving credit. This guy, I, I've never heard of him before, Don Tolliver. He's on the song mm-hmm. uh, Can't Say, which I think is a pretty catchy song. It's, a, it's not like an amazing song, but it's pretty good. And Don Tolliver sings and raps for like more than half of the record. And I think he, mm-hmm. he does a pretty good job. And so I had to go out of my way to look up who that was. Yeah, I, I, I made a note on that, and I said that Don Tolliver was, like, the only part of the song that I genuinely really cared for. He's, like, if it yeah. wasn't for him, I'd be, like, I'd be out on that song completely. He has a really interesting voice, and it's just something where is it, if it said, like, featuring Don Tolliver, that might get his name blown up a little bit more. But as of now, he's just, you know, some feature on one of the 17 songs on this bloated album, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But generally, where I'm at with features, <clears throat> I think generally less features equals more impact. Um, for example, the Illmatic's an obvious example where like the only featured rapper is AZ on the song Life's a Bitch. And because of that, because he's the one guy, it makes you as a listener think like, oh, well this guy must be really dope if you know Nas is going to put him on the album and no one else like it 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 makes it a bigger deal that there's a feature artist on a particular song and this is old right. man rant but when you have like two or three features on every song i just start to not care like i almost expect drake to pop up at some point or the weekend to pop up at some point it's not as yeah, interesting but- i don't know but the thing is, like, you're dealing with somebody like Nas, who's, like, one of the best rappers ever. True, this versus, is, yeah. They're going versus for somebody things. like Travis Scott, who's, like, he's he's mostly known for just being an orchestrator. Yeah, it's like, I guess he's, like, more DJ Khaled than he is Nas, I guess. Yeah, he has, yeah, right, exactly. He has to have features, or else you're just going to be listening to Travis Scott. Which, I mean, you say that, but some of my favorite songs on here are just travis scott like it's especially i think you say the album doesn't end well and i generally agree but the actual outro coffee bean i love that yeah, yeah 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 no i i yeah so yeah it doesn't end well but like the ending ending is pretty good i agree right i i i was i, I was i i was uh impressed by that one but that one too i was like I was impressed by it, but it also doesn't fit. Like it doesn't fit, and that, that's why I all. love it. I, I think that's why I like it. It's because um, what I took away from that is it's the one song where he just doesn't lean on his aesthetic to carry him the whole time. He leads, or he like he leaves all of his vocal modulation stuff at home. Uh, it's just his regular voice. Um, and he's talking about some personal issues, which I thought was a good stylistic choice. If you're going to talk about personal issues, 
why try to you know you want to sound yeah. as raw as possible you don't want to overdub your voice a lot but it, it, he came off as very like charismatic and personal and the over this lighter production which is not really his style but i thought it worked yeah i thought it worked pretty well it definitely did yeah, not that's fit. a good point yeah definitely did not fit but i, I love i the think song that, i think own. the issue that i had with it because like i don't i don't mind that it didn't fit as much because i i do like what you said about the fact that it's like he's shedding off this like this character that he's exactly. created throughout the album and he's and he's actually he's being a person on on coffee bean and that's and and he does a really good job of it but i think the problem that i have with it is that it comes after so many songs that yeah, are right. the same like hi-hat clubby like just recycling from each other song and so like i'm like i'm like i'm like exhausted and then like i'm i'm hearing this and i'm like oh my god finally but then it's also such a shock you know so yeah. like i don't know it i like i i i'm glad that that out that song is on there but like i'm just like he needed to he needed to have cut at least four songs from this thing oh absolutely i can you know what i'm gonna name the four right now um mm-hmm. uh Yosemite, which I couldn't tell you what mm-hmm. that sounds like. The Migos song, uh, "Wake Up," just because I didn't like that song, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know any of these others. <laughs> any of these others from uh, yeah, track eight to track fifteen. It, you take any of those out, I probably won't care. I would say, except for Astro um, yeah. I was, <laughs> I would say, "Wake Up," uh, Yosemite can't say oh my boy don toliver oh i gotta keep him in there okay actually yeah because he's he does have a good it's just that travis is and the beat is just so and the beat is just so boring the beat is boring and that's the thing it's not just like but yeah he does have a good feature that's that's a good point but who what i'm definitely taking out like I'm, i'm i'm out on that and then like Houston fornication or you know something like that. Yeah, I would right. I would say NC seventeen because it's just a stupid song. But but twenty yes. one's <laughs> like his 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 features are just so ridiculous that they're just like you have to keep them in there almost. <laughs> I uh, I wrote about this uh, in my notes. Honestly, um, what did I write? Let me see here. Oh, I said I admire Twenty One Savage's ability to never switch up his style at all, but still keep me entertained. <laughs> <laughs> He's entertaining. I always love listening to his feature verses. I don't get it. Like I don't, I don't. know why. I couldn't he tell you. Is. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It, I think it's just that he's so like unabashedly himself. Yeah, he he's charismatic in, in a weird like non-charismatic way. Like he's a monotone deadpan rapper, which I love. By the way, I love that style of rapping. But he's like charismatic with it too. I don't get it. I really don't. It, and his ad lib is so stupid too. He's <laughs> just saying twenty one. <laughs> Like, it's his name he's saying his name like imagine if you said your name at the end of like everything you said like, it <laughs> right a, exactly like, like it, it was would a signature. be like it would be yeah. so dumb but he has the most like he has the most insane amount of confidence he can sell it off so well i don't <laughs> he's yeah. really won me over in the past uh year and a half or ever since he was on the double xl thing um 
He's he's really won me over. I, I I would say I'm excited for his next project, but Issa that that album was not good. So um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like I I think his music is terrible, <laughs> but like I understand why he's around because I'm like, of course that guy's around. Like, are you kidding me? He's killing it. Like he's <laughs> nailing what he's what his whole style is. <laughs> It's hilarious. He's deadpan, uh, Dan, deadpan in everything. Interviews, songs. It's just, I love him. What did you think about uh, Carousel with Frank Ocean? Um, the last part of it, I thought was uh, was really good. Okay. Um, I think that Frank is like, it's interesting having Frank Ocean on this, but. He he just sounds out of place. I was gonna say I, I he's it's a weird fit, and I I've heard better Frank Ocean features, and I think most of that is just he doesn't really fit over what was happening in the in the beat or the production or the style. Something wasn't like matching right, but um. I think that he was trying like it felt like he's trying to match Travis Scott's style. Yeah. Too much, and which like that's that shows me like some that shows me like i respect for travis scott because like if he has that deep of a style that frank ocean is like trying to fit in with it then like i'll have i have respect for that but like he doesn't he just sounds a little bit uncomfortable on it but like i mean he sounds great on it because frank ocean always sounds great yeah but like objectively he sounds great but i think that like he could have gotten somebody that does this thing. Like he could have gotten Sway Lee on this. I think it might have sounded a little bit better. That's, that that would have been three it, straight songs with Sway Lee, by the way. But that, isn't that isn't that <laughs> fucking crazy? I just said that Sway Lee might say it sound better on this than Frank Ocean. <laughs> I was gonna say. Um, not that he would have sounded better than James Blake, but I think Frank Ocean could have done the James Blake part pretty well. But but you uh, said straight yeah. up, I I would have rather had Sway straight than, up yeah, <laughs> Sway Lee. Um, but yeah, that that's the thing with an artist. I don't know somebody that somebody that just matches it more because it's not like it's not right. like Frank Ocean had this part that he was like is like James Blake had a part that was so James Blake that it was yeah. like okay, oh it was so like, James Blake. nobody else but James Blake could have done this right but Frank Ocean had a part that sounded like pretty much anybody else could have done it that's that's a good point uh, when you get an artist like Travis Scott who is sometimes like incredibly ambitious sometimes it ends up being a total mess and i think that's what that song was but that's okay if you're doing experimental stuff i'll take a messy song here and there um i appreciate his desire to take risks more than i dislike the song musically basically what i'm saying is carousel isn't one of my favorite songs on here but it's not trash because at least he's yeah i feel like i want i feel like i wanted it to be one of my favorite songs on here but totally as soon as I saw yeah. featuring Frank, well, never mind. I I didn't see featuring Frank Ocean. That's the whole point. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, as soon as you guessed that it was Frank Ocean on the track. <laughs> yeah, right. Brand new, brand new. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to, uh, you know, any any big picture stuff with the record or any specific songs you wanted to touch on before we uh, headed out? Um, I think that. Um, 
Oh, yeah, I think that overall, like, I really, I like, so the reason that I'm saying that this is, this was, like, I think Travis Scott's best work mm -hmm. is because on the first, like, half of this album especially, like, I really can see that he can capture a vision that he has for a concept. Because this whole idea of, like, a theme park, like, trippy theme park atmosphere that he, that he had is very apparent on songs like the intro track, like Stargazing, on Sicko Mode, on Stop Trying to Be God, on, uh, like, Skeletons. Um, it's very much apparent on those things. And, like, I, like... I, I'm a little bit more excited to see what happens with him, but I'm also a little bit more set in my <laughs> in my opinion that like Travis Scott is innovative, but he's innovative to like the very slightest extent. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Um, and you know, people point to this is like when people say eight oh eights is Kanye's most influential album it is but it, le it that album has led to a lot of travis scott trash songs that i just do not mess with so like uh -huh. so i mean it, it is you know travis scott is innovative but he's he's innovative to a lot of tropes in hip-hop that i'm not a particular fan of either so it's kind of a i got to give him credit but at the same time it's not really my thing all the time yeah either yeah, I feel like I feel like now it's like I'm more set in this just weird relationship with Travis Scott, where I'm like I'm excited to see him like as a feature or be like, ooh, Travis Scott just drops a new album or something like that. But then I'm always like, I think that he's great actually as a feature, though. Usually, I'm trying to think. Of, I think that yeah, nothing's coming to mind, but you're probably right. Like I I, I would prefer him in smaller doses for sure. Well, I think that, honestly, I think that the only reason he's good as a feature is because of his ad-libs. Yeah. Because, like, the the, the atmosphere sure. that he puts behind his ad-libs is really cool. Which, by the I way, know, it's, I, yeah, I, I thought I would get what? really sick of his ad-libs, but I didn't. Because, like, the first chorus of the first song, he does the it's lit, he does the straight up, he does the yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be the whole album, isn't it? And it's not, really. I mean, he does have ad-libs, but he switches them up, so... I yeah, he throws him. He throws him in there quite a bit, but I think that he's very self-aware of that. Of those, I mean, he has like the same three ad libs. So <laughs> I think he's pretty. Yeah, I think he's pretty self-aware of it, so he uses it pretty like sparingly throughout the album. So when that, whenever you do hear it, it's actually like it sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, I agree. Um, I wanted yeah. to touch on a couple like really quick points before we did final thoughts um travis scott asap rocky kids see ghosts um i'm really hoping that with these artists psychedelic hip-hop makes like a either a resurgence or becomes more prominent in the landscape of hip-hop i think there's a lot of fascinating territory that could be explored within psychedelic hip-hop um so i'm a fan of that subgenre, i guess as a whole think there's a lot of interesting things there um but then also this album while it, it it does have a lot of theme park themes 
uh, and motifs and whatnot. The other kind of theme I got throughout the album is uh, Travis Scott's appreciation of Houston, where he's from. Uh, and I love when artists do that, when they, they pay homage to their roots. Uh, there's a lot of references to Houston hip-hop, where he, you know, he obviously the Houston fornication, but also the track about DJ Screw, and then the song 5% Tint, which is a reference to a Slim Thug lyric. Um, so he, he's showing a lot of love for his influences throughout the record, but also for the legends in hip-hop that have come from Houston. So I really appreciated that about Travis Scott. Yeah, well, and then World just in general. Yeah, right, right. Just yeah. Right. Because there used to be like a Six Flags theme park in Houston, so... Right, and hip-hop used to be a very regional, you know, style of music where you could listen to a song and think like, oh, this guy's from California because he's doing that G-Funk Dr. Dre, or this is a New York sound because it's really cold like Wu-Tang. And that's kind of with the advent of the internet and the way artists are featuring each other more on records the the regional sound is kind of diluted a bit it's becoming this bigger yeah. hodgepodge smorgasbord of different sounds which is great in its own right but you know it's it's kind of nice to have travis scott be like you know what i'm from houston i'm gonna let people know that so yeah yeah that's a good point yeah um that's that's really all i had is there anything else you wanted to touch on do you have any favorite lines from this <laughs> i <laughs> well um the, the Drake half of Xanax is a clear standout. Uh, that's uh-huh. yeah. Um, honestly, I, lyrically, this album didn't catch me one way or the other. You know, I, I you know, I was kind of having um, most of my favorite lyrics are on here aren't really the lyrics themselves. It's how they're delivered. Like I, I like the way the stargazing chorus is delivered, or mm-hmm. um, you know, the the way the can't say chorus is delivered. Uh, that's what I like lyrically about the record but the lyrics themselves and eh, eh, you know take them or leave them yeah no no no. yeah i i had a couple that was like the on stargazing when she drops the line she keep my tick jumping like a moby <laughs> like like the moby album cover um, I think the uh, play, Ooh, yeah, whatever like, is jumping up in the air. Yeah, yeah, I thought that that was like actually pretty clever and pretty funny because I was like, that's so like random, that's so out there and random. Like, why? <laughs> that is when good. I first heard that, I was like, wait, did he really just reference that Moby album cover? <laughs> And then, uh, and then, and then, oh, uh, same thing on that track. I also made a note. I've never heard cocaine referenced as uh, booger, booger, booger sugar. sugar. Yeah, no, you're right. That stood out to me too. Booger sugar. I was like, oh my god. I was god. like, what? <laughs> I'm never gonna say that, but it's kind of creative. <laughs> it is, but it sounds disgusting. <laughs> it sounds disgusting. God, that is does not like I don't know that I feel like that that wouldn't make anybody want to snort cocaine. <laughs> it's actually an effective anti coke PSA, or you know, right? It's, <laughs> Travis Scott is very against drugs. Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah, right? Psychedelics got me going crazy. <laughs> yeah, that guy, yeah, right. <laughs> he's against drugs, uh, but yeah, the the lyrics, uh, none of them stood out because they're just kind of meh. Though I did Most just remember them, yeah. one. Um, I forget what song, but he said something like, uh, 
I smack at uh, I smack that ass. She threw it back in self defense or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, that's not bad. It's on one of the it's on one of the tracks in the second half that sounds exactly the same as all the others. Right, right, I- exactly. But yeah, for the most part, it's just he says it well, so I'm a fan of that. Um, I will say that I was I was pretty like. <laughs> I kind of rolled my eyes at the fact that there was another Kevin Hart line uh-huh. yep. uh, on 5% to... Yep, he's talking about love, and he's like, oh, I'm going to have to Kevin Hart or something like that. I'm like, god damn. I'm glad <laughs> you caught that, because I forgot to make a note about that. But, geez, are we done? Yeah. Is that the new... Um, there, there used to be a trope in hip-hop where everyone was like, uh, she's smart because she gives good brain or something like that. Like, she's got... She gives good brain, so she's going to college or something like that. Every rapper yeah. did that in, like, 2008. But now, apparently, it's the Kevin Hart, Hart <laughs> entendre. Get it? Because Hart <laughs> is his name, but it's also, like, a heart. <laughs> genius. Unbelievable. If, yep. if there is genius that exists with Travis Scott, it's entirely aesthetic. And um, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it, it can be uh, if the song falls flat. So there you go. That's a pretty nice. succinct final thought in and of itself, but I, I do have more to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. That's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Pat. Um, no. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, did you did you want to go? Yeah, I don't, or do I want to go? I, I don't really have anything. I don't think I really have anything else that I'm like, you know, that, that stands out to me that I need to talk about on this. Other than oh. my final thoughts. Only because we barely touched on it. I did want to say um, one of the most creative songs on here, uh, Skeletons. Yeah. I, that song's, I think, pretty good. Uh, the Tame Impala production works a lot better than I thought it would. Uh, it's very circusy. Very cir- Again, the, the theme, right? Like, it, yeah. it fits well with the, at the Astro World. Right, right, exactly. Um, but it's, it's a weird song because it's only one verse. The song is mostly hook, and it's like four different artists singing different things at the same time. I thought it was a good track, but again, just showcasing how creative he can be and how full of ideas he can be, but then also following that up with a series of songs that lack any sort of great ideas. Um, yeah. It, it really sad. It was sad to me because The weekend does, I think he does sound really good on there. He does. And then it's immediately, like, just taken away with Wake Up. I'm like, God damn it, like, why? Like He sounds good on Skeletons, but it's like the show stops and it's like, oh, now it's time for The weekend. It's like he gets this Disney solo every time it's his turn to sing. It's Yeah, ridiculous. right, exactly. Yeah, it's like, okay, time for The weekend song, listen to him. Okay, that was good. Now back to all the interesting stuff. Um, yeah, they have to like make time for him because yeah, because <laughs> right. he's the weekend. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me on you know specifics. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let, let's just go ahead and go into final thoughts on this. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to make this podcast too bloated. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, unlike is, Drake, this or is Migos. the podcast of the year because it's <laughs> unlike our Drake, unlike our Drake or our Amigos review. It's not bloated. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and Migos, by the way, we reviewed for like eight minutes on a quarter podcast. So there you go. Even that may have been too bloated for that record. Um, we didn't even need to talk about it that long, yeah. right? Or at all. Uh, so yeah, final thoughts on Astro World. Um, Travis Scott. Uh, I'm glad we finally got to talk about him because I think he's one of the more fascinating members of the current 
hip-hop zeitgeist, you know. Uh, he blends these different styles and, and sub-genres to create a sound that is entirely him. It's, it's, it's his style. No one else can take that from him, um, despite obvious influences. Uh, his main appeal is this aesthetic that he's crafted over the years. Um, it's an aesthetic that's uh, nocturnal, uh, psychedelic, fabricated, or sounds fabricated at least, uh, dark, moody, uh, modulated. But despite all of that, it's accessible. Um, it, it's an impressive aesthetic that he pulls off more often than not. <clears throat> that said... The aesthetic is kind of a double-edged sword in, in the following regard. Um, when the aesthetics come together and work for a particular song, it's likely to be one of my favorite hip-hop songs of the year. Uh, but conversely, when the aesthetics don't come together on a particular track, there isn't much substance in the track to save the song. Um, it's, it's like he builds these songs on a foundation primarily built on aesthetics uh, and, and that's it's generally unstable it can work but if it falls flat the whole house comes crumbling down uh, when this album does work though I think it works wonders uh, sicko mode, stargazing, stop trying to be god uh, coffee bean those are all stellar hip hop songs to me um, when it doesn't work it's it's forgettable and meh um thankfully i enjoy most of the songs on here if only to a modest degree outside of my aforementioned standouts uh i forgot to mention songs like houston houston of fornication or whatever and uh, astro thunder i really like those songs though to a lesser extent than the obvious highlights because they aren't as impactful or creative they're just more pleasant experiences than anything mm -hmm. which I think describes a bulk of this album um, a bulk past track 7 or whatever we decided that barrier was so while I can't say I love Astroworld um, still gets a, it still gets a 7 out of 10 for me and I'm excited to see where he goes next nice yeah, thank I, you. I'll agree with you with like I'm excited to see where Travis Scott goes because I I have I thought that he's been one of the most compelling artists in hip hop and mainstream hip hop recently because mm -hmm. he's still very young and he's managed to capture like definitely something like whether you love it or hate it like it's pretty undeniable that he's got he's on on to something mm -hmm. in hip hop and he's really paving his own his own corner in the hip-hop world. I do think that people want to believe that this dude is, like... I, I think that a lot of people, especially people that <laughs> didn't grow up experiencing Kanye West for their whole mm. lives, want to believe that Travis Scott is, like, the same next-level innovator in hip-hop as somebody like Kanye West or you know anybody else they want to believe that they've already found that person i don't see that based off of what i've gotten from him um i see that he's very creative but mostly what i'm seeing is that he's already borrowing <laughs> some of what 
Kanye's done. Like, if it wasn't for what Kanye did, Travis Scott just wouldn't even be around. So that, to me, shows, like, he's not as big of an innovator as people think, but he's a very creative person, and he utilizes other influences in a very creative way. Um, I love stargazing. I love sickle mode. Love, 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 stop trying to be God. And I think Skeletons is really cool, too. Honestly, other than that, I'm like, either like, that's a cool song, but I'm like, you know, like, meh on it, or I'm like, this is the same song over and over and over again. <laughs> Coffee Bean's cool, too, but again, I'm just like, I'm lost on the idea of placing five other of the same <laughs> trap songs above it and then getting into this like oh hey guys i'm actually a real person kind of thing right right because at that point i'm like i don't care if you're a real person i'm exhausted <laughs> right now so um i'm like i'm really excited to see what travis scott does i think that he's got some great singles in this album and and they're really creative and they are a little bit influential like he's probably gonna have a couple people being like "Ooh, look what travis scott's doing i'm gonna borrow from that this is really cool um i don't think that he's this next level genius that these cult followers are making him out to be but he's been doing really well um overall i'm feeling a six out of ten mm. on this hater um yeah dude i don't get it i guess <laughs> Um, yeah, I was, I, I mean, I'm at a solid seven, but if you told me, oh, it has to be a six or an eight, I'd go six. So I guess, like, I, I see where you're coming from with that. Score. The biggest thing is, is just, like, the fact that this album's 17 tracks, like, mm -hmm. I love a few tracks on here. To mm -hmm. the point where I do think, like, a track like Style Trying to Be God is one of the best songs of the year. Mm -hmm. But... <laughs> Like, it's that and, like, three or four other songs versus 17 tracks on this album. It's the same problem I have with a lot of other bloated-ass hip-hop records that have come out this year. It's like, it, it would be a better album to me if it wasn't for the fact that you had 10 songs that I don't like. And, and the thing, if I'm being real, the thing with this is, you know, I can complain about Drake or Migos being bloated. They are bloated, but... If I'm being real, if you if you made the Drake album or the Migos album seven tracks, it still probably wouldn't sniff my top fifty of the year. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, Astro World could have been pretty high on the list if you picked the right seven songs. Like this has it would for sure yeah. be yeah it would for sure be like I think like an eight if yeah. it was oh, like sure. a seven track record. It still could make my album of the year list, by the way. But it, the point is, I think this album could have benefited the most in recent memory from just eliminating half the songs from it because um, mm -hmm. I think he has he has 9 out of 10 album potential like he could make that someday if he uh, if he just kind of scaled it back a little bit um, mm -hmm. you know but uh, so that's a six and a half from the under the scope podcast uh, we'll call that I guess a slight recommendation though um mm -hmm. if you're the type of person who's interested in this podcast you've probably already listened to astroworld otherwise you must be really bored at work if you're just like i'm gonna listen to this whole <laughs> podcast about travis scott who is he i don't know <laughs> right, yeah. like damn dude. <laughs> um so yeah that's our travis scott um we've been talking about 
what we might want to do from here. You know, oh, this record's coming out, we might do that. Oh, maybe we'll do another classic review. Oh, oh, we might do another state of music. Ooh, ooh, what do we do next? Hmm, I don't know. So yeah. we're thinking, we're plotting, we're scheming. We, you know, we always talk like that. Oh yeah, it's it's very fast paced and uh, it's really hard to get an idea out because we move we on. We never to the make next a decision. It's like, oh, maybe we should do this. Oh, maybe we should do yeah, this. Yeah, and we don't we don't wait to evaluate whether we should do something. We just throw it out there and then like immediately go on to the next idea that comes to mind. So um, that's yeah. why that's why sometimes our our schedule is a little sporadic because we talk like that. Um, <laughs> we save our good conversations for the podcast, and after that, it's just. <laughs> Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. This was a good one. This, this was. was a, I thought. Yeah. This. This was a fun podcast for sure. Um, thank you all. Good, for, to, good to finally talk about Travis Scott too. Yeah. See, like we just, you know, ignored him. We've been we've been dodging him, but oh, we've been sleeping. Had to happen. We've been sleeping on him. <laughs> Rodeo is a generational classic, and so is People this been, one. <laughs> People have been throwing it out at us like, hey, I heard you're doing classic reviews now. Do rodeo. <laughs> do do <we're> like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Astroworld Review. Nice to see you guys are still doing classics. All right. Uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Next classic review, Astroworld. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the state of the hip-hop fandom in 2018. Um, yeah, thank you for joining. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.